0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome into episode thirty of the Pegasus Podcast presented by Night Sports Now. I am Bailey Adams, and I'm joined as always by Christian Simmons. You can find us on Twitter at BaileyJAdams22 at byCASimmons, and go ahead and throw us a follow at Night Sports Now while you're there. We're here, episode thirty. We've we've done it. Are you serious?
1: Uh, we're five seconds in, the freaking squirrel's already on the window. Hold on.
0: The squirrel is having to make an appearance for episode thirty. It's like a special guest. And Christians intimidating it to go away. You
1: remember last week when I said we were going to do something special for episode 30? We um, invited the squirrel. We invited the squirrel. <laughs> we're going to get his take on the upcoming football season. <laughs> I, I'm guessing he's going to be a Bearcat fan just because that's like the closest thing in the animal kingdom as far as AAC teams to a squirrel. I can't think of anything else. Mm. Owls. But Yes, owls and, <laughs> you know, <laughs> the trees. birds and mammals, the same thing. I, at least Bearcats have whiskers, squirrels, have trees. Yeah, <laughs> both,
0: they share a home. They both, yeah, they share a home. they're friends maybe probably not (laughs) but I don't know yeah so cool of the squirrel to make an appearance in episode 30 I'm sure
1: he got five seconds in usually he shows up halfway through we're recording at the same time
0: what is he doing whatever he's on yeah he's all thrown off on the schedule because we're three weeks away from kickoff I think he's just like he's losing track of time and he's getting all amped up for kickoff
1: I feel like in case this is the first time you listen to the Pegasus podcast, I feel like just should point out, we record next to a window and there's a bird feeder attached to the window that a squirrel consistently tries to get into as we record.
0: So. I almost wished you wouldn't have explained that whole thing. Just in <laughs> case, just in case someone like, thought, oh, we just checked this podcast out for the first time and here we are two minutes in just going on and on about a squirrel that may or may not actually be here. Don't worry,
1: everybody. Bailey's moving back to Tampa, so we will be remote. No more squirrels. Then,
0: oh yeah, I guess the squirrel.
1: Oh, this might be the last. Well, no, we'll
0: we'll be back. We're literally doing
1: one in like three weeks. Yeah, in yeah person, true. But until then, but
0: yeah, yeah. Well, anyway, anyway. Well, congrats to the squirrel for being here. Congrats to us for episode thirty. We've made it. And this might we be the did. last one. With as as long as we talk about the squirrel, people are going to turn this off, and it's going to be our last episode. I can't wait and to see how
1: much our viewership dropped <laughs> in the first two minutes of this
0: podcast. We promise we're going to talk about UCF football because um, yeah, that's what we're going to do right away. We're going to talk about. Some small updates, a little bit of fall camp talk, and for the main topic of the episode, we're going to get into uh, different scenarios for UCF's 2021 season, and how those different scenarios playing out, how that would maybe affect the future in terms of recruiting, in terms of Gus Malzahn. Um, in terms of realignment. Realignment, everything. In terms so,
1: of fan happiness, in uh, terms I, of my happiness. I was
0: hoping that we wouldn't touch on fan happiness not too me, much I'm with not. these scenarios, because I don't know, people really like when you yell.
1: Yeah, I got. By like, people, I don't mean me. No, I just mean I people. A lot of people either tweeted at me or said stuff about it, and I'm like, I'm trying really hard to not get worked up about anything this episode because I don't <laughs> want that. To you be don't
0: want to give them the satisfaction. So I'm also drinking a coffee right now, which isn't going to help. That's that, not but a great thing. Remember the last time you drank a coffee before? Yeah, didn't. I think mean, this well. is the first time you drank one during the podcast. I think. Yeah, no, I think so. So I'm almost done. With we'll this, see how this. Yeah. We'll see how this goes. But <laughs> fall camp, fall camp is well underway at this point. We're about a week in. Uh, we're recording this on Wednesday, uh, August 11th, and UCF just had their first scrimmage of uh, of the fall. And, I mean, Gus sounded fairly happy. I mean, there's a lot, it's, be, yeah. Yeah, I mean, a lot of it. Yeah, a lot of it, he said a lot of today was evaluation, seeing where they're at. One of my, I, I kind of cringed because he was like, yeah, we started with some... Some live field goal and some live field goal block things. So we got a good got a good gauge of where we are there. And I was like, mm. oh, I wonder what he thought of that. I wonder what his honest thoughts were on that. I want to know how that went. But I, th-
1: I think anyone who was a UCF fan in 2020 already <laughs> kind of knows where we are there. <laughs> do
0: you, uh,
1: I mean, you don't like. It, this is going to sound a little radical, but like, it, if I don't know because I know they brought in another kicker from App State, but if it's still Obarski and that's still like the best UCF can do, I am fully on board of just let's always go for on fourth down.
0: I mean. Within reason.
1: No, just always.
0: <laughs> either go for it or punt?
1: I would say once you pass the 30-yard line, just always go for it. I mean, I he feel can't like, make
0: kicks. I feel like a lot a of a times UCF did that anyway.
1: I don't think I agree with that. No? No. Because what was the game? Was it... Oh, there it was, was one was game ever, this year where I, I ever felt ever like they short. took like three 20-something yard field goals in one game this year. I don't remember yeah. if that was Tulsa. But it was really... I just if you don't like if you have like a Matthew Wright or something like great because he's he's automatic so it's not a problem but if you have a like even sort of not what's the
0: word I'm looking for consistent inconsistent
1: or, yeah, yeah inconsistent I was looking for a field goal kicker like what's the point of possibly wasting a possession you know like I just I don't I don't get it
0: yeah because I mean at that point if you're gambling on making a kick you're it's probably the same amount of gamble of going for it on like a fourth and four or fourth and five exactly and we've seen like and and like and it's with a bigger payoff like look at like. I think the only
1: like New Year's Six team that didn't even really compete as far as group of five teams was probably Memphis against Penn State. I think they lost something like thirty nine to fifty something. Yeah, it was rough. And that game was that just, they just kept taking field goals. I think they took like five <laughs> or six field goals that year. It's like I did, we don't need, if you don't have a great kicker, stop taking field goals.
0: Yeah, so that was one thing that stood out to me about kicking and and all that. But any, anything else that. That popped out to you because I know yeah a couple things yeah I know there was there was a lot that came out and I was trying to digest all of it at the same time. Um, him saying
1: uh, him basically just straight up saying yeah the defense won the scrimmage. That yeah, was,
0: given what we saw last year
1: where you had a, basically a top ten offense and like a bottom ten defense, I think that's what they good like.
0: Thing? No, I don't know. I saw something recently. I don't remember which which metric it was in, but they were like fourth to last in the country good on something. Lord, I don't man. remember what it was. Just playing, it was playing probably football, yeah, probably. being a defense. You get up 34 um, points
1: a game. But, I, I mean, like... And I tweeted kind of jokingly about it that, like... And I texted you. Like, my initial reaction was, like, what if the offense is way worse than <laughs> we're anticipating? But, no, like, I... And I get part of it is still, obviously, the offense is still kind of installing what they're going to do here. And, yeah. you know, I mean, the yeah. defense always gets there first. That's, you know, one of the classic rules of football. But yeah. I, I liked... It, it would have been way worse if he came up and was like, yeah, the offense totally torched the defense. Because yeah, exactly. then I'd just be like, oh, we're back to this again. Yeah. But.
0: And he did say, like, he liked the... He, like, specifically shouted out the defensive line, which stood out to me a lot because. I think in the trenches is where, especially I was, I was noticing this a lot last year in the Cincinnati game, was the biggest difference between the two teams last year was within the trenches, both yeah. on UCF's offensive line. Because um, Cincinnati is, notoriously has a good defense, a good defensive line. And UCF's offensive line just was getting beat. And then UCF couldn't get any pressure on Desmond Ritter. So that's the one thing that stood out to me from, from that game. And I've been hoping all offseason that they're a little bit more physical up front and they're able to kind of push – the line a little bit more, and he and the thing too is he said they have like two different like sets of like I think he said, like, I don't know how many guys he said, but he said they've gotten comfortable with the depth they have at defensive line,
1: which is very intriguing and yeah, exciting.
0: yeah, because it's just like if you have that many guys you can rotate in and out and keep everyone fresh sure, and they're all definitely. around the same level, like that's going to be that's going to take the, your defense's you know performance up a notch, like that alone, without even getting into the progression of the linebackers and the the defensive backs or I mean,
1: we talk all about throughout college football, I mean, the advent of the superstar quarterback, the do-all quarterback, and how that's changed the sport, but I still feel like at the end of the day, the national champion is usually a team with a really freaking good defensive line. Yeah. And I mean, and I'm not saying that UCF's rolling out a Bama-esque D-line here or anything, (laughs) but just if they can be near the top or at the top of the conference in that category, that... That can really have an impact on the season, so that's yeah. exciting.
0: Yeah. So I mean, it sounded sounded good, and he said they're like they've had to kind of progress in terms of like the speed of how they're installing everything. I think mm-hmm. he I think it was in response to a question about the offense, but he said they kind of are throwing a lot at them right now, and then they'll kind of dial it back a little bit and, and continue to work on it. But um, it sounded like it was a good first scrimmage. It sounded like he said most of this was evaluation, and he said they'll he'll get a much better gauge of where they're where they're at after next week's scrimmage which will leave us, I think, two weeks till kickoff. And I'm wondering if that's when they'll start to kind of... It sounds like that's when they're going to start to put together kind of a two-deep or whatever depth, kind of depth chart um, they need to put together. But One other
1: thing he said that was interesting to me, too, because someone asked a question about uh, Dylan Gabriel and how he mm-hmm. looked, and he really sort of turned that into like, well, it's about... Was that a
0: call? Someone just honked? yeah, okay. I don't know.
1: We're in a residential <laughs> neighborhood, um, I About how it's really more about in putting the right pieces around Dylan, and yeah. and I and I like that because I feel like that was part of what bothered me so much with Dylan Gabriel the last couple of years is like it, it just felt like an offense where you need a quarterback who can be mobile and Dylan wasn't that so like I like the idea that he's sort of Malzahn and this staff has all seemed to be very big on like know what you have and build from there don't like come in with your system and try to fit like it, no right. no round pegs and square holes or whatever just know what you have and build from that so I like that that seems to still be
0: continuing. right and I took that too to be kind of more you know, another confirmation that like we, we basically know what UCF has in Dylan Gabriel but we don't know like who's going to fit in right. at the positions around him. so yeah and it's he said he talked pretty fondly about the running backs. said they did a good job he said especially in the scrimmages he wants to see them hold on to the ball he said they did a good job of that we know they have talent at receiver, so... Yeah, it's not a problem. It'll be interesting to see how it all unfolds after the next scrimmage, and then, you know, I don't know, they usually do release publicly a two-deep depth chart, right? UCF
1: usually does. I don't think Gus Malzahn yeah. Oh, okay. So we'll so see who gives... I, I, I read something on Twitter today that I guess at Auburn that, was, that okay. was pretty close to the best.
0: Okay. So then maybe they won't, but I'm still thinking maybe after the next scrimmage we'll at least by his answers be able to, like, gauge a little bit more of kind of how things yeah. are. Yeah. But, yeah, I don't know. Because that's one thing I always get, look, look forward to at the beginning of a season is a depth chart coming out. So oh, yeah. Especially getting, like, if he doesn't This, really this season,
1: more than yeah. probably like 2016. Because, I mean, we just, especially like, we know there are weapons at wide receiver. We still don't really, in any way beyond like Jalen Robinson, know the depth there. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I mean, would assume, I would
0: see, assume Ryan O'Keefe is like probably number two guy but I guess I with a new, think, with a new but, staff you don't really know
1: and plus I mean Jordan Johnson was really highly touted yeah. Brandon Johnson from Tennessee people really liked I mean I, I don't know
0: Kavon Amag is supposed to have a breakout year every year we, so. we've
1: been waiting for Kavanaugh's breakout <laughs> year for a while I hope it's this year I really like Kavanaugh. Amag maybe it is uh, haven't heard anything about him so far so we'll see but Titus coming in too I mean yeah, and the running backs too I mean I, I, feel like, I feel like it feels like the fan base has kind of settled into the idea that Bowser's gonna be the guy him or M.A.R. which that's and that's one thing that
0: was pointed out that um, Jason Beatty said on I think it was Tuesday. Yeah, was that he did see Mark Anthony Richards at practice. I know people were asking him about that. Yeah, because he had, um, he had not been there before. So. Yeah, but that
1: was another thing. As on. someone asked him about injuries today, and he he said a couple banged up things. Yeah. but nothing he like and nothing that's major, always good.
0: Yeah, and he said and the thing too is even in that answer he said with as physical as we've been, um, to to not have any serious injuries or any major injuries like he said. Um, it's obviously a good thing to have. And one more thing on like depth chart and on things that Jason Beatty has put on Twitter because Jason is amazing. Um, someone, Orlando
1: Sentinel East yeah reporter Jason. That's Jay.
0: the that's the big news of the week. Um, Very exciting pointed out that uh, Mikey Keen is getting reps at uh, as a backup quarterback. But then you know you kind of have to take it with a grain of salt. I think just because like that's what he was seeing when in the portion open to the media. But when Gus was asked about it, he said that Coach Kenny is giving like all the, the two, three, and four quarterbacks, like they're, they're splitting reps pretty evenly, and he's giving all those guys a chance to kind of battle it out for there. But it sounds like... I, I do also Keen, think, though,
1: in this transfer portal climate, you true. as a coach can't really come <laughs> out and say, yeah,
0: we've determined
1: the quarterback yeah. depth,
0: because then your other guys,
1: like Navarro, will be like,
0: bye. So, yeah. like, you know... But it does sound... It's encouraging to... We're a Mikey Keen podcast, so... We've been on the Mikey yeah. Keen boat since the so very if, beginning. So if he's going to be the, the backup, and he's going to be the guy that's getting into the end of the Bethune-Cookman game, and just, what well, that would be four weeks from now that's uh that's oh, I, when you yeah. phrase it like that that gets me so <laughs> the, the fact that four weeks from now we'll be in the second game of the season we're getting to that close to it I, but. but that's why we're crazy because like I
1: actually am like excited for like I think like I'm really excited for Boise State and then I'm really excited for the second half of
0: Bethune I'm just like it? I'm just like ah who cares about the Boise State game let's just get to the second half let's of get the, to Mikey the thing, Keen. Yeah. the one thing
1: I will say is if he's the backup quarterback that's great and I love it because if Dylan Gabriel does in fact leave after this year so excited for the Mikey Keen era I think he could be amazing At the same time, I feel like it would be kind of stupid if he plays in more than four games and burns his redshirt this year.
0: Yeah, I'm always interested to, like... I I don't know know if anyone's going to ask Coach about that, or if he's even... He probably wouldn't say anything about that. Okay, if
1: he is... If he actually, the depth chart comes out, and he's the second string, he better get asked that. I mean, that's
0: a big question. I don't know if he'll say anything outright, because, I don't know, you never really know these days. Because it's it's always a weird balance, I think, with with quarterbacks. Because it's like... Yeah, like, you would like to have him next year, but then there's so many guys that like to leave early that you're like, are you just wasting a year having him, like, in your system, and then... Yeah, but I if you you've got Dylan seems... Gabriel
1: who, at most, will be here for another year after this, and yeah. very good chance could be gone after this year. So if you're registering Mikey Keene, to me, that you're signaling to him you're the next you're next up. Yeah. You know, for, I, mean, I mean, I'll be honest, like, it, it's unfortunate, but if Mikey Keene is... Did come in as a true freshman in his second string. I mean, Parker Navarro is going to transfer real quick. I yeah, mean, which uh, well, that's the way. it especially works. Especially because I, mean, I mean, they're going
0: to keep bringing in quarterbacks. You know, as the year. Yeah, goes, they've got I a quarterback leave. coming yeah. in this class
1: already. He's supposed to be really good. Yeah. So who was I think FSU was after him too. So yeah, that's I mean, court, it, it's quarterback. It sucks in some ways to be a quarterback because it's the one position in college football where you're either the starter, just not getting on the field. Well, I mean, think so, about I
0: mean, think <laughs> about where the past few like, the, the UCF's quarterback room in the last like I don't know three to four years they're all. Gone at like different schools now. I mean, Mackenzie Melton's at Florida State. Uh, Noah Vedrals, where he where's he now? Rutgers. Ruckers. He's starting at Rutgers. And then right. Daryl Max at Old Dominion. Uh, so the only one that of... stuck around was Quadri. Wait, Quadri? Yeah, Quadri. Did you just process the fiends Quadri is at second? Team? Yeah. Yeah. Getting bounced. I forgot make... he was back.
1: Yeah. Honestly, he left is Alabama A he... and M. Is that where he went for a little bit? Alabama State. Alabama, Alabama State. A&M. I don't know. I'm not one sure. of them. I don't even know if Alabama A is a school. Sorry, Alabama. I did like the school Africans. when I said it. Okay. Um, but God, so the 2017 UCF. QB room. Yeah. So if Milton gets to start at FSU, that entire room will be starting this Is, year. Was Quadri here in no. 2017? Quadri no? wasn't here in seventeen. It was, it was just Mac, Vedrill, and Milton.
0: Right, okay. So they'll all be
1: starting, none of them at
0: UCF. That's very weird to think about. Imagine
1: telling you that in 2017.
0: Very weird to think yeah, about. Yeah, I right? would have, yeah. There's going to be
1: would've... four UCF quarterbacks starting around college football.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but wow, I just put that together with Quadri not being like, I mean... Still in the mix, probably, but. I mean, I just assumed Quadri was going to get names. Well, here's the thing, though. This makes now makes even more sense to, yes, use Keen as much as you can, use him in those four games as much as you can, but then you have a backup in Quadri exactly. Jones who's capable of stepping yeah. in. Yeah.
1: And I think that Quadri, I assume Quadri Jones is more or less fine with that because the whole transferring to Alabama AM or Alabama State, whatever school he went to. And like that was your, thi- and then when he came back, it's not like he came back like I'm gonna unseat Dylan Gabriel. Yeah. Like, it seems like he just made the choice for himself that he'd rather be a knight and be a part of UCF. Yeah. And and I mean, you, you do like to see that, and you love to see that. So I I don't think he's coming in like, you know, the chip if on his shoulder. Yeah. I'm a transfer yeah, yeah. if I'm not the backup. But... I mean, if you're Parker Navarre, you're gonna be what a true sophomore this year, or you're gonna be a redshirt freshman this year. And uh, he came in last year. Yeah. So and last year didn't really count. You're gonna be a redshirt freshman, and you're probably gonna be what fourth if you're um, behind Quadri be, and Keene, so yeah there's no reason yeah. for
0: him to stay that's tough it's just, where'd he come from? he, 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 he came from he was from Arizona, Arizona and, when, yeah, yeah I think he and Keene were both across from across the country that is oh, tough Yeah, will be fine but, yeah, there's, I mean, plenty be okay. of, there's plenty of jobs <laughs> out there yeah well, and that's the thing too is the fact that he came to UCF and we haven't gotten to see any of them really but we'll, wherever he ends up if he does transfer in the future we'll, we'll be rooting for him well we did
1: pass the July 1st threshold so now no one can transfer and be eligible this year so yeah
0: we'll, but I don't I wouldn't expect him to be out the door no. this year. But I just think year.
1: more that's, I'm glad that's just a rule because I, I, I like players are so trigger happy now. Is that again. a new rule? Portal? I think it's been a rule since the transfer portal became a thing.
0: Okay. Because be I was reading my Ed Orgeron book and they're talking about when Joe Burrow won the job in 2018, they had, I think, two quarterbacks transferred like during camp. I don't know, like they were, like they were eligible to play yeah. immediately or whatever. So I don't know. I guess that might have just transferred. But that's why you, you don't. You think, think about even like
1: three or four years ago, like you would get, like teams would name their starting quarterback after like the spring game. Yeah. And no one would ever do that now yeah. because it's. I mean, you know, you're well, a I think that's gonna how Burrow
0: out. ended up at LSU because they named Dwayne Haskins. He beat, He won the job yeah. out of the spring, and then Burrow left.
1: That's so. yeah. It's a hold. It is funny how quickly you adapt to things, though. Like even like to how many years are we into the? You can be immediately eligible. Is this it's just going to be the second season? I that? think so. And now, already in like my head, I'm like, man, I can't believe we actually made players like sit out. <laughs> yeah, it's such a weird, it's such a ridiculous <laughs> for thing. Decades, upon especially decade. when
0: you take take into account like coaches leaving and stuff. That that's the best, big thing to me because yeah.
1: everyone's like, well, you don't want to turn into free agency. I'm like, hey, all right, if you want to pass a rule that when Scott Frost left UCF, he had to sit out of here before he could coach in Nebraska, fine. But <laughs> yeah. that's not a thing. So why should yeah. it be a thing for the players?
0: It's it's always been just a weird thing. So I'm glad it is the way it is now. But this fall camp talk is. Uh, gotten a little longer than I think expected. I pitched
1: this to you as a five-minute segment, and yeah. we are at minute 17, so... Yeah, well, we
0: factored in about three or four minutes talking about a squirrel, so we're, <laughs> <laughs> we're on good track. They bring we're gonna, up a good point. We're going to jump into our big topic of the podcast, and that's uh, these different scenarios that we could see playing out for UCF uh, in 2021, and we kind of just came up with these, I guess, arbitrarily. I mean, these are probably the most, like, realistic I, well I mean technically these are kind of like all the options these are all these happen. are all the possible yeah. outcomes. I mean. Yeah, that is true. So basically we're going to talk about every essentially every outcome that UCF could have. Did we want to go more. from like best outcomes to worst or worst outcomes to best? Wow, that's a good question. I'm trying to think who like will people stick around if we talk about the best first, and then get down to the... Um, what are people more interested in? I don't know. I wish we would have thought about this ahead of time. I mean, I mean, yeah. Well, let's just start with the best. All right, let's start with the best. I feel like we'll have more to talk
1: about there anyway.
0: Yeah. All so, right. first first scenario, UCF goes undefeated. 14 Which would obviously be a new Year, conference championship, New Year's 6 win. Fiesta Bowl champs
1: against 10-2. and two I thought you were about to say US. Tennessee, and I was about <laughs> Throw something. They'll be Put playing it. like the Pac-12 second or third best team if they're in the Fiesta Bowl, I would think, or a Big 12 team.
0: That'd be fun to play. A Big oh, Fiesta. that would be fun to play a future conference mate. Yeah, yeah. like Iowa
1: State. Get a little yeah. 10 and two Iowa State game going on. That, that would actually good. not be great at all because no one would respect that as a good win. Yeah. Um. <laughs> sorry, Iowa State. But well, no. it could be. It'll be
0: probably it could be Texas because Texas is not
1: actually good in their like nothing just... like facing eight and four Texas in the festival. Yeah. Bowl. <laughs> eight and four ninth ranked Texas. <laughs> uh. I, so this, I originally was like. I don't think this scenario is like that big of a deal because UCF's done it before. But I was thinking about realignment, right? You know, so in case you're if you're listening to this, if you didn't know, uh, there's a lot of realignment going on right now because Texas and Oklahoma were like, "Hey, Big Twelve, we're going to go to the SEC," and the Big Twelve is like, no. "Oh no, now we don't exist anymore." It's been a whole thing. Um, every article you read, every journalist who has an opinion on it, the two teams that come up for this is who the Big Twelve will add if they're if they add teams, Cincinnati and UCF, typically in that order. And what I was thinking about was if this exact situation happened two years ago, or even or even one year ago, is anyone saying Cincinnati is a team the Big Twelve should
0: pick up? I don't think so, because like no, it's not that they've been like bad. No, they haven't. They, but but like, I just it, they it, haven't reached the heights. Now they've reached the height of okay, yeah, they won a con- they finally won the conference, and then I don't say finally like they haven't won it before, but um, they win the conference and they go to New Year Six like. I think now they're, they're at that level Everyone's like okay yeah this is the team and now they're going into this year with all that hype and ranked number 10 in the coaches poll I know and um, then suddenly the like oh, freaking squirrel man. Um, you talk for a second so yeah I mean all of a sudden like they've reached that last year in 2020 and they're expected to reach that again in 2021 so of course they're going to be that hot team like oh yeah I mean this is a team and may make, make that, sense that as a like, candidate too because but
1: that is like a like okay the hot team this year versus like who we're going to add to our conference like that is yeah. a Remarkably short term versus remarkably long term. So I guess the point I'm making is like, and I think it says so much about UCF's brand that UCF is two or two years removed from a major bowl game, two yeah. years removed from a conference championship, one year removed from a ranked season, and
0: there's still the other no brainer team. So that shows that UCF. It's is, funny when you read like, oh, these are like who like the different conferences are considering. and It's like Cincinnati because this, this, and this, and it's like UCF's a given. Like you just yeah, it's it's like so two many articles are like,
1: just like yeah, obviously UCF. Yeah. Do you find it interesting at all? Quick tangent. That no one, like, I feel like, no, like, okay. The AAC is, for the most part, UCF, Cincinnati, and Memphis. I feel like nationally, no one remembers Memphis exists, even though they were in the Cotton Bowl in 2019. They played for three straight conference titles. They've won one. They've been ranked a lot. Like, I just, I haven't seen anything about them being on the table for Big 12 expansion, which I get some of that is location and fan base and whatever. But like, even when people talk about, like, when you read an article about like, oh, the AAC has grown so much, you know, UCF's been really good. Cincinnati's been really good. SMU is on the rise. People Houston... talk about
0: Houston and SMU way more than they talk about Memphis. Yeah,
1: and I'm like, Memphis literally went to a Cotton Bowl. Like, I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm curious. I'm just, I don't know what that is. And they don't have, like, a bad fan base. I mean, they they, they were second in attendance in the AAC in 2019. Yeah. So, I don't know. But exactly. anyway, that's all to say that if UCF, these realignment decisions, I know that everyone's like, oh, Texas and Oklahoma can't leave till 2025. They're going to leave before that. These realignment decisions are happening now, and I think that's the biggest thing is if UCF does manage to have, like, a 2017 season, like an undefeated, like... I feel like you're basically like, and we don't even know if the Big 12 is going to survive, but if it does, you're basically like cashing. <laughs> the squirrel just fell. <laughs> I don't even know if that, okay, wow. The squirrel unlodged the bird feeder and just fell. We're in the second story. I don't know if that squirrel's alive.
0: No, I saw it. Okay, that's good. It's
1: alive. Um, anyway, uh, like you're basically like cashing your ticket to the Big 12 at yeah. that point in my opinion. If you're like, if UCF comes back and at that point, say that it's the dream scenario, they go undefeated, which I'm not saying is impossible because it is possible, it's maybe not likely, but it's possible, is you're looking at, what, four New Year Six appearances since 2013. You're going to yeah. be looking at, what, like 13, 14, like five conference titles in that span. Three New Year Six wins in those four appearances. Three New Year Six wins. I mean, that's better than, like, almost anybody outside of, like, the Clemsons, Ohio State's, and Bama. Yeah. Like, so that you're just, and we've seen what this fan base and this, and this athletics department, which I know we have new management now, can do with that. So I think that like and yeah, that's best case scenario. But I think that would like put them in the driver's seat for for realignment.
0: Yeah, I think realignment wise, obviously it would be huge, and it would just be another because there's people that I'm like oh like UCF just had two special. Like that's the thing too is people always try to minimize what UCF has done. They're like oh they've just had like two good years. I'm like no they've had. I even see people say one. Good yeah, year. I've seen that too. Um, but if you do it again, those people have no leg to stand on, and. You're you're literally, you are, I think UCF is already a no-brainer for no realignment, yeah. but you're, you're even further cementing your case. Like you said, it's basically like that's your ticket. Like you're well, already the in. issue. The me is with like a lot of people say, including athletic
1: directors of Big Twelve schools, when they're looking at teams to add, like, oh, well, none of these teams are really brands. Like you know, none of them really add anything. It's like I feel like people have forgotten when UCF was on the twenty-five game win streak. UCF was a better brand than like
0: most of college football. I think everyone would, and this might be, I might be wrong here, but I feel like every week people would and especially it was more the, more of the games where they might have a chance to lose people would tune in to see oh is UCF going to lose like, I, want even, them, I want them to lose so bad I'm going to watch this game this past me. season I mean UCF I mean uh, they, they didn't even being a very good year and UCF
1: still got great TV audiences. Yeah. like three and a half million people watched them play Georgia Tech I mean come on <laughs> like so yeah. I, but the other factor here is what do we think this do, and I don't mean to be that guy if UCF goes undefeated many any power five team with an opening is going to offer miles on the job yeah does he take it? Are, do we trust him when he
0: says he wants to stay here? I do, but I might be foolish on that. Okay. I don't know. Especially especially on one year. Like, if, if, if from year one he goes undefeated and they win a, a new year six game, like, he's probably going to be like, all right, like, he came here talking about, like, oh, we're going to get in the playoff eventually. Like, he's going to want to build off of that. I don't think he's going to want to bolt for a team that just went four and eight. The one thing I'd be
1: worried about is if an SEC job opens, and I don't like. Think there are any that are going to open this year?
0: I can't imagine there would be. Unless I mean, all of them are either like yeah. really
1: good or have new coaches, so I don't think there's going to be any SEC. The offers. only like, it yeah,
0: the only thing is like just a sh- like shock coach leave- leaving or something. Because like weren't there like rumors that like Dan Mullen was going to leave Florida after last year or something like that? Like even yeah. still, I don't know if that I job actually, comes. That job comes open. Do you think that's a job for Gus Malzahn?
1: I don't know. It has everything UCF has except it's in the SEC.
0: Yeah, I don't know. It's just, I, maybe it's just I mean, like I said, I don't there. know. That's
1: a good question. Like, it, it, like say that happens. If Dan Mullen bolts for the NFL, which is on the table, does Mullen, and they come from Maul's on? would Maul's on stay at UCF and be like, no, but i have committed here, I'm going to build here, or is he going to be like every other coach in UCF history and be like, okay, I'm going to the SEC? It,
0: I don't know. It'd be, it'd be int- I mean, it's. I don't even really want to see it happen, but I guess if you're in that position, like we've talked about this before, like if you're in the position where they're doing well enough to where he's getting off- offers, like... You're gonna probably have to be okay with that. We said because, that when he got hired. Yeah, I, and, I, and that's just that's the life of a G five. I mean, but yeah. I think the more and more that he says, like, "Oh no, I'm like, this, I want this to be my last job," all this stuff, like, you start to kind of buy into that, and you're like, if he left after a year, leave a sour taste in your mouth. The other despite thing is, being fourteen and zero, and
1: the other thing is obviously UCF fans do not like Heupel. Um Even okay. with Frost, like when he left, it was like that sucks. Like, and Molson has to coached a game. Who knows? Maybe they'll go zero twelve. Who knows? They won't, but maybe they will. Like his like him specifically his vision for the program is so enticing yeah i even if ucf goes into v like obviously it's great but i would just be bummed to see him go because like and i guess part of it is like more than anything like it, it feels like it's the first time that ucf has had some street cred if that makes sense because they've always had the young up-and-coming coaches which has worked for them and now you've got a guy that recruits want to listen to will want to come talk to they have a really solid recruiting class in place right now and i'm just like man like i can sit here and like I can see the vision. Like, I can see where this goes if he stays. So that would suck if he immediately bolted.
0: And then on the last leg of this, too, is, like, if... If this if they went undefeated one year one year six like they're already doing well in recruiting but they would have the chance to really build off of that in a way they weren't able to necessarily in twenty seventeen with the coaching change if Malzahn stays yeah if, and if they he, go undefeated this
1: year they will have a recruiting class for the ages yeah like they will be it'll be off to the frickin races. and
0: in a lot of ways UCF got robbed of that because Frost in twenty seventeen because Frost left and at the time obviously everybody knew he was leaving so yep. it was tough to to maintain that and I don't remember. What the recruiting rankings or anything were like that year, but I think they still they still got. A it's always class. in that like, same range, like low yeah.
1: or low uh, um, high fifties, low sixties.
0: But like but with I, the people I, that with the guys they're offering now, and with the guys that they're getting on campus now, if they go undefeated and win a New Year's Six Bowl, and Malzahn stays, like I think some of these guys that like these really high profile guys, I think they're gonna that's gonna catch their eye and be like, hmm, interesting. I seriously think right now, and I know
1: this is like dream scenarios, on dream scenarios but if UCF went undefeated this year and Malzahn stays one you've now got the trust in there of these recruits like oh okay the staff isn't going anywhere mm-hmm. and actually they might like lose Travis Williams and yeah. but either way like that to me would literally be like if that's if UCF can go undefeated this year then I'm like okay it'll be done like that, they, they will get whatever they want they will like I really <laughs> think like that will be like yeah. oh okay UCF can actually be what UCF fans kind of want them to already be like pretty quickly
0: yeah and that's interesting because I kind of want to move on to the second one now but the second one in a way and it's a little bit less obviously because we're going to progress down like further and further but so the next one is UCF wins the AAC and makes a New Year's Six appearance right and I think winning a conference championship and making a New Year's Six Bowl even if you lose in a lot of ways still kind of cements what we were just talking about
1: yeah I don't think there's a ton of differences it's not it's
0: not huge because I mean to the wider audience like to a lot to a lot of people bowl games just still don't matter yeah and I think it's something to hang your hat on, obviously, for UCF, because you're getting the New Year's Six game and winning New Year's Six bowls against these bigger brands is huge. But if you lose, like, when they lost to LSU, yes, people celebrated, yes, it was the end of the, the winning streak, all this stuff. But I think by that point, it wasn't like, I mean, I don't know. It, it didn't seem like there was expected to be, like, this. It was, like, it didn't damage UCF. No, it didn't And did so I guess UCF the thing is, if, if they get to a New Year's Six in any way this year that's a success. I think, and well, I think, like, you'd be,
1: obviously yes. Obviously yeah. yes. But I also do think the same thing, like, I, it doesn't do UCF a ton of good in my opinion if they make the New Year's Six Bowl and then lose by, like, 30? Well, yeah. That, you, have um, to, you have to at least put up a fight. Yeah, be competitive. But, at the end of the game. I mean, I think, like, when you're... And yeah, bowls are mattering less and less, but when you're talking to these recruits, the pitch you're making now if UCF goes to the New Year's Six Bowl is not so much like come here and play New Year's Six Bowls. It's like, hey, look... Look around these group of five teams. You tell us who's going to be in every every twelve team playoff when those start because yeah. like, we just did that. And and I do think it's that when you've got recruits who are looking, I mean, it's you got to look at it less as a bowl and more of the matchup. Like it's a chance to play against a top tier team and typically against a pretty big brand. I mean. That's the only situation, like, yeah, you can end up playing in their home stadiums in your group of five, but, like, it, it's exciting to get an Auburn or an LSU on a neutral site yeah. with a chance to beat them, you know? And that's
0: the thing is, you get that chance, like, if you look at the three games that UCF has been to, the three New year Six games, you've got an Auburn, an LSU, and LSU in two of them. Yeah. And even the other one, that year, Baylor, like, Baylor isn't necessarily the same brand as Auburn or LSU, but that year, that Baylor team was really, really good. Yeah, and, and, they and were I off mean, people forget we talk about three years.
1: We talk about the no Baylor was like
0: at that at the time Baylor was like a hot brand. I was about to say Baylor was
1: a big deal back because it was RG
0: three right into Bryce Petty.
1: Um, yeah, and of course it turns out that just horrible things were happening around the yeah. organization, and so that's not great. But um, you just look at like it's like I mean people talk about the the Peach Bowl and how oh UCF was the big underdog that came in, and I guess it's because that was undefeated and UCF claimed the championship, but like. If like in 2013, no one thought UCF was gonna Aren't be a 17 point It was that? the biggest upset in the history of BCS bowls. Like yeah. it, it was like literally the biggest. Like everyone was just like, "Oh, UCF will come in, lose by a bunch of points," and UCF just like, and that was also like absolutely UCF's most dominant New Year's Six performance. I mean, they came. Oh in, yeah. Put up a ton of points on. They day put 52 win. right. 52 42. Yeah. So yeah, but I just it, it's it, like you said, everything we pretty much just said for undefeated, I think applies for that too. If you're in that New Year's Six bowl. You're really going to be able to build yourself up.
0: And then, again, on that note, like if all that same stuff applies, because if UCF wins the conference and goes to a New Year's Six Bowl, you're still going to get those teams that are going to offer Gus. Yeah, no, everything applies. Yeah, everything applies. The good yeah. and the bad. So, yeah, I mean, those are the top two scenarios, and like you can't be mad at either of those. Obviously, like those, that's the two ideal I- ideal I situations. Would think if There's UCF no
1: made a New Year Six Bowl, there would not be anyone in this fan base who could get upset about that. I don't remember anyone being mad about the Fiestable loss. Like I remember being upset. I think
0: I think the circumstances around it too helped like kind of cause that too cuz you were without Milton and Do you know how much I love how
1: national like fans will still or just fans of the teams will be like Oh, you didn't have a second. Yeah, they beat you with, like, their
0: wide receivers. At, UCF at didn't have
1: a quarterback. Like, you, or they did, obviously. They had yeah. Darryl Mack, but, like, UCF had a Heisman-level quarterback. He finished, what, sixth in Heisman voting that yeah. year? I think McKenzie it was Milton. the
0: eighth the year before and sixth the next year. Yes!
1: Decade. Didn't play in the game.
0: That gets yeah. over, but, oh, UCF or uh, LSU didn't have a quarterback. some opt-outs. So, I, give me a break. Meanwhile, like, just... the, the third and fourth guys on the depth chart in the SEC and at LSU are all still four- and five-star guys, usually. It's funny how that only ever works
1: that way. Like, yeah. teams, like, you look at it now, like, like teams will win a game with opt-outs, and it's just what a good team they are. But yeah. if it's a group of five team that beats them as well, it's just, it's yeah, like, I'm yeah, so sick of it, man. So <laughs> yeah. sick of it. Yeah. I can't wait to hear what the excuses will be when it's actually a twelve-team playoff and it's like a playoff game and UCF's beating teams. There can't be at that point. Oh, they they didn't want to be there in the first round because they were set up for a tie. Yeah, yeah, no, nah, still,
0: there's not. There's that. always none of be that stuff will people. Can none say of that will work.
1: It. They're going to say it anyway.
0: Yeah, none they're of always going to take it away. I don't
1: know. That's why you have to rub it in their faces.
0: <laughs> That's why UCF's fan base has become what it what it is. It's a monster Every, yeah, now.
1: Yeah, It's like, it's a, it like, it's a Power 5 fans. UCF is a monster of their own making. Like, if they just, it like, is. patted UCF on the back and been like, wow, you're a good team. A lot, no. of,
0: a lot of fan bases complain about how annoying UCF fans are. And yes, UCF fans are very, very annoying. And Sorry. Yeah, I man, our listeners are UCF fans, but that's the thing. But I'm, that's I'm not, in UCF That's UCF UCF's brand now, yeah. though. It's better to be hated than it's The known. thing is, is, so many people hate UCS fan base, but it's like UCS fan base is the way it is because of the people that hate them. Like it's yeah. just like the works both ways. It's weird. It's weird will, how they've created this. It's their fault.
1: Like, what is better in like like I think Boise State, it's fair to say, is like more quote unquote respected than UCF, which is why everyone talks about UCF and not Boise State. <laughs> I mean that that's what it comes down that to. That is true.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So if we if we move it down the list now, so four million
1: people aren't watching Boise State play Georgia Tech. That is true. So I don't
0: know how many people are watching that game.
1: However many people see this, I don't, think I'm, that game. I don't think I'm watching that game. I don't think I'm watching
0: that game. So the third scenario we'll get into is UCF wins the AAC but doesn't make a New Year Six appearance, which doesn't really seem that big. Of, like doesn't seem possible.
1: How is that not possible? It's just, the, I mean, just if say, I'm UCF just saying. Loses, goes ten and two. Say they drop
0: like Boise or Louisville game, lose a game in conference. It just seems like whoever wins the AAC is always going to be. The okay, if that. you
1: have, uh, like, the problem is, I do think a two-loss AAC team is capable of making a New Year Six because we saw that. In 2019, yeah. when Cincinnati went into the conference championship game 10 and two, and the rankings were set up in a way that if they'd won, they would have hopped uh, 12 and one Boise and gone in at 11 and two right. to Cotton Bowl. So it is possible. At the same time, there are a few other Group of Five teams this year that I think are going to be really good, specifically in the Sun Belt. And if they drop a game somewhere, fine. But I, I like a two-loss AAC team isn't going to get in over an undefeated Sun Belt team. Like, yeah, if Louisiana or App State or Coastal Carolina is like 13 and 0. They're not going to go grab an eleven and two UCF for that.
0: Point. That is true. So
1: I totally think that's possible.
0: It is. It just it just has never. Well, I guess it. Ha- I guess it happened in the Western Michigan year, right? Who was who won the conference that year?
1: Uh, Temple won it. Yeah. They, wait, wait. And Temple was eleven and two. They're also Temple, though. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and it happened in uh 2014 when Boise State went to the uh, Fiesta Bowl. That was okay. Yeah. <laughs> you, know what was re- you know Boise State's record. That was that year
0: eleven and two. Eleven and two. Yeah. <laughs> I so about. I mean, yes, I, I that's possible. Yeah. But also, that
1: was like a really stupidly weak year for the Group of Five. I don't think there was another ranked Group of Five team. Yeah,
0: it'll it'll be interesting. But I'm just saying. So if this happens, if UCF wins the conference and doesn't make New Year's Six, I still like you can't be you can't be mad at a conference championship, and you, you can't not be. you can't like a, a lot of not I mean not definitely not all of the things we just mentioned for the New York Hicks appearances apply but you still have a lot to build off of winning a conference Championship in the first year under Gus Malzahn. You'll you'll also almost certainly be ranked. Yeah.
1: You'll get not like UCFN's going to complain about it but you'll get like a 6-6 six and six or 7-5 and five Power 5 team in a bowl which I actually think is nice because then you just be up on a Power 5 team yeah. and feel good about yourself. Like Basically what, like what they did
0: something. when they played Georgia Tech. Yeah, exactly right. Or when they played Pitt. And for some time. reason,
1: UCF fans don't like when we get to beat up on Power 5 teams. I think it's great. Um, and I still think that gives you a lot of the... First off, it means Cincinnati didn't win the conference, and that's great. Um, and second, it gives that's you... That's the thing. Is,
0: if you have a better season than Cincinnati this year, like, yeah, that's a win. Uh,
1: that's really... I, I, I think I'm realizing maybe that is my baseline. For 2020, <laughs> just have a better season than Cincinnati. Beat Cincinnati. But I, you still can sell all the same recruiting stuff. You you're selling a little bit more of a look how close we are pitch versus yeah. we're here come be a part of it pitch. But I also think that scenario would protect us from Malzahn job offers a little more because I think that would be more of a like, man, Hypo really wasn't good versus yeah. like wow we have to go get Malzahn. And that's the thing too. People would in, probably want other te- other schools would probably want to see another year there
0: before mm-hmm. they you know. And in recruiting, like you said, like it would be. We're this close right now, like already. Like you, you're the you're the, next you're the missing piece. piece. Like you're, yeah, you yeah. come with us, and that's that's an, I think a really easy sell, especially on top of all the other things UCF has right. to offer. But building off of that year, winning the conference, and what would that be your? Uh, I don't remember your. So how many conference championships would that be in like the last since when? 20, I guess say 2013 since the AAC started. That would be 13, 14, seven. That would be 18, their sixth. Their fifth AAC championship. Fifth.
1: It would be five in nine years. Yeah. It's pretty good. That's the, I, mean, that's, yeah, that's I feel insane. like I should point out right now because everyone talks about how oh UCF has been Cincinnati uh, runs the uh, runs the conference blah blah blah. Uh, UCF still has twice as many AAC championships as Cincinnati.
0: <laughs> Is it three to who in twenty fourteen who shared the conference championship? Memphis, today? Cincinnati, to UCF. So Cincinnati was a one ton. of them. So they all okay. have a conference out for that year. So Cincinnati, okay, yeah. So UCF has, four. has two, UCF Cincinnati, has four. Wow. Yeah, yeah.
1: So Cincinnati, the earliest Cincinnati can have more than UCF is 2023. Or 2022? No, 2023. Yeah. Yeah. Because they need two more, yeah. They need three more to have more than UCF. So good luck with that, Bearcat. Um, Yeah, like, and it's actually... Let's go to our next scenario here because I actually think a lot of what we just said applies for that one as well.
0: UCF makes it to the AAC Championship game but loses. Yes. I
1: still think that what we just said about recruiting them all is on are all the same thing. I think it's still... We're very close to coming to peace. I think it's still Malone's good offers. The only difference is like Cincinnati gets to continue to be a really
0: obnoxious. How do you know Cincinnati beat us in the conference championship? You're right. It'll be a Could season. have been SMU.
1: I don't know which is worse though.
0: Because I think Cincinnati's worse. Is it because if
1: SMU wins it then like now you've had two like now UCF is three teams removed since UCF last won a conference title Memphis Cincinnati, and SMU. Will. Like it's just the, yeah. like, the longer that list gets the worse it looks.
0: Yeah, but then that's the thing. If you lose to Cincinnati, that's they've won back-to-back, and the second time they beat you. And oh, I don't want them to
1: win back-to-back.
0: Yeah, and that's the fact that it, it kind of, not saying they would move ahead of UCF, but in a lot of people's eyes. like They already have in a lot of people's eyes. So, yeah, which is ridiculous. Yeah, but, okay, no, I want to miss any. Yeah.
1: Um, but I still think like, as far as recruiting and everything else, like, it could UCF be Houston. The... Houston plays no one this year, so he yeah. could be Houston. Which, at that point, I don't even know what to make of that. I, I really don't. <laughs> I, I do think that that and all of these scenarios that we've discussed so far I think are fine for realignment. I think as long I honestly think as long as UCF is ten wins or better, they're fine for realignment. I think they're fine, even for if real they're win, not. Regardless, the point, yeah, yeah, I just I don't you know it's like, but that is still like I don't know. I would be like really happy with this year still if UCF made it and lost the AC championship because at least you're still showing we're a top dog in the conference. We didn't get it done this year, but it was the first year of this head coach.
0: You know, I mean... What are you looking at bowl-wise if you make it to the conversation and lose? It depends on if
1: the team you're beating is going to near Six. The team you're the team you're playing? The team you're playing. Sorry, not the team you're beating. Team, if it depends... Like, if, if yeah. it's Cincinnati SMU and they go to the near Six, then you probably end up in, like... Depending on how many big 12 Birmingham teams are eligible, you might end up in the Liberty Bowl. So if you still, not, you probably end up in the Birmingham Bowl. So you bowl still very that. likely get a Power 5. Oh, I don't five. think the AC runner-up has ever not played a Power 5. Either. Okay. But that being said, the AAC doesn't... Unlike other conferences... Like, other conferences just straight up have bowl tiers. Like, yeah. the fourth best goes here. The AAC just tries to put teams where they want to be. And, like, mm. that was part of... Well, I mean, Danny White was very much wants He the, did wants say, to let's in stay in Florida. Yeah. And they did that in 2019 and 2020. They picked Florida Bowls. So, if that's the thing... Mah- I think Mahajer seems a lot more like make a name for yourself versus what's convenient yeah, for the fans. So, like... Let's which fans play. might like that. I don't know. I personally... I, I don't get this... To, fans on Twitter like I like being able to drive to see UCF's bowl game I don't like when they're playing far away but I think yeah. you
0: alienate a lot of fan base that way but whatever but I think you take I you mean there, there's stuff you have to sacrifice there like if you get to play a team that's like a big ger brand not like it's like a huge brand that you're gonna play a, I guess like but if you're looking at or... like
1: we're gonna play nine and three Georgia Southern or, yeah, no, not or that, we're gonna know. play like six and six Kansas State. Like, are you really reaping that much that's, more from that's not, six, and six Kansas that's State? That's less
0: what I'm talking about, more like I'm trying to think of a good example of an SEC team that like could go like seven and five or eight and four and not, like, not have not a good year. I can think of one. Up, who? Tennessee. Ten, uh, yeah. I mean I think UCF fans would be ten, very would
1: many many games. games. First off, there's no situation <laughs> where UCF would be playing an eight and four SEC team. Oh. Um SEC, the best they'd get is like a six and six in the, the Birmingham. So you're looking at, like, I don't know, like... this like No, old Miss State. is in the top 25 right now on the coach. Yeah, score. but... Either Mississippi it. State or, like, a Kentucky... No, Kentucky's supposed to be pretty good this year. Um, South Carolina? Like, a South Carolina. Yeah, yeah, like, someone in that... A Missouri. Yeah. Someone in that range. Which, like, I don't know. I think it's a risk-reward thing because I think that you don't get a lot of street cred for beating them at the same time if you lose, then it just turns into, look at that, yeah. the 6-6 six and six SEC team is better than the top 25 group of five team So I don't know. Like, I just, like... I just look at it all from a brand building perspective, and I don't like. I don't mind when UCF plays a group of five teams in bowl games because I think, like, look at look at 2019. Right, UCF was only nine and three, and they got ranked because they played a group of five team and beat them so badly that yeah. it was just like, oh, look how dominant UCF is, top 25.
0: What Score are they had like 49 to 20. was like 45 41, to 14 or something. Something like that. Like that. I'm it up now. But yeah, so I mean, yeah, it'd be interesting. I'm just curious because, like, it's it's interesting. I think a lot of the season, it's. Probably really, really, actually, it is really, really dumb. But like a lot of the season can be, like the end of the season is going to be judged off of like if you if you play like that year, you people look at that season like oh we only, we went to the Gasparilla Bowl in Tampa and just played Marshall like it wasn't a good year but they went to finished the top twenty five. So I, I still of, don't understand how fans. A lot, people, the top know, a lot of people I know, but a lot of people will still continue to perceive a season like that where you end up playing some random group of five team, even if you beat but them by a lot. Let me ask you a question. Like, eh, do you
1: honestly believe if instead of 8-4 and four Marshall, they'd played, like, 6-6 six and six Texas Tech or something? Do you really think UCF fans would have been like, oh, we're happy with it? It would have been the same crap. Same I crap. guess it would have been. It would have said the same stuff. So I, I and, I think, and you would know have, what? I
0: think people would have enjoyed the bull matchup more, even though Marshall was a former rival. I don't know why people, like, all, as soon really, as that Marshall was announced, I was like, oh, this is, like, horrible. But, like... I thought, that oh, showed to me interesting the use of some of this fan base. Oh,
1: Like Marshall, when I was a kid, Marshall was like our big game for a long time. Yeah, and it didn't seem like a lot of people realized that. But like, look at it this way too. Like, and I'm not saying this would have happened, but like, if UCF plays a six and six Texas Tech or a six and six whoever and wins like 31 to 21, I don't think they're in the top 25. But they went out yeah. there and beat up on somebody. So, And when you're looking at who to fill out with your ballot with at the end, you're like, oh, look at this team that beat up on someone. And that, like, a top 25 ranking, like, I know some UCF fans, for some reason, are the impression that doesn't matter. <laughs> that is, like, that's big for brand building. Be able to throw that in Power 5 teams' you're faces. Be able to say, you're a top like... 25 program in college football. That is, a, that is a really big deal. That's a big And that's what I think UCF should be playing for every year. I mean, I think I that's, think... like, a big part of staying consistent as a brand.
0: I think, yeah, I mean, if you finish top 25 this year, like, that means... You, you don't go two years in a row without finishing the top twenty five. I think that's huge. Awesome it's super big. Like, I think if they finish top twenty five this year, like I can't be upset with
1: that'll be four more. top twenty five seasons in the last five years. Yeah. You can't be mad at that.
0: Very few teams can say that. Very few. I mean I guess you can like if you're talking about like in the literal sense you can be mad because you can be mad at anything. But you shouldn't be mad at that. <laughs> um that's what I'll say there. But so like okay, so like Everything really kind of applied, like the same kind of things applied for the top two scenarios of going undefeated and then the one where you make a year six and lose. I think this next one is UCF goes 9-3 and three or 10-2 and two and fails to make the AAC championship game. Some of it still applies to... I think a lot of it just, still applies. Yeah, I think a good portion of it still applies to what we... One, you're not worried about losing Gus Malzahn I, at all.
1: No, you're not. That's not on the same And level. You're still going to be able to sell recruits on the same... Can be yeah. the missing piece. That's still yeah. That's like still we're a right there. we
0: because nine and three or ten and two, you're just you're just gonna miss out. You I mean you could you could make the ASC championship game at ten and two. Yeah. But like if if you miss it at nine and three or ten and two, you just missed out. And assuming you make, and assuming you win your bowl, you'll be in the top twenty five almost yeah. certainly. Yeah. So I mean, you, that's a, a lot of the same stuff really does apply there. You know what's funny, and this is why I want UCF
1: fans to calm down. Like, you're, you're, when we're do, I didn't even think about this before, but when you look at it right now,
0: like, every scenario except for the last one is, is should be
1: more or less the same result. Yeah. Because it's the first year of a new coaching staff. So you're going to be, as <laughs> long as you're in the top 25 or even 10 and 3 or whatever, you're going to be able to build off of that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so did we just skip to the last one then? Yeah. The, all to the, last the, one. the top ones, all the ones we've talked about so far. Basically, every single one other than like
1: winning a New Year 6 Bowl, pretty much the same result. Yeah, and I even that the... isn't that far off, you
0: know? And like we've talked about, the closer the season gets, I like my expectations are getting higher and higher. The hype is building more and more. I'm getting more and more. But scared. I'm like looking at all of these scenarios on paper. I'm like it's on my phone, but it's written, it's typed on paper on my phone. Um, I would not be upset with any of those, except this very last one. We're to talk my, about yeah, all but the others we I'm, talked about. Yeah,
1: totally fine, fine with all of
0: them. Yeah, if you win nine games with a chance to get your tenth win in the bowl, I'm not, I'm not upset.
1: And I think maybe I'll regret saying this. I think there is like a 95 percent chance that UCF is nine and three or better like that would be a the one behavior I'll
0: add is like I'll be I'll have a little bit more of a sour taste in my mouth if they go like nine and three or 10 and two and then their losses are like they got blown out by Cincinnati sure. and I don't know what, if what they go nine two, and but...
1: three and the losses were Boise State Louisville and Cincinnati that shows a talent
0: gap to me and I don't yeah. like that yeah so, I'll be a little yeah. bit more
1: but if they go nine and three and it's like yeah they lost a close one to Cincy or and then they dropped like a game maybe at SMU and then they dropped a random one, like happens, like yeah. the Tulane or something. Like it would be <laughs> annoying, but it's just kind of like, yeah,
0: yeah, can't win them all. Anyway, the final scenario. The final scenario. This is gonna be a fun one. Oh, I can't wait. UCF goes eight and four or worse, which I just can't see. Then what did I say last week? I think I said eight and four is the absolute floor. It runs. Yeah, it's the absolute floor that eight I can see, but I don't. Floor. I don't even see that happening. I'm just saying, in my mind, I can't imagine a scenario worse than that. And I can't imagine I, a scenario yeah, worse no, than I can't either.
1: And let's say UCF goes eight and four. If, if they go worse
0: than eight and four, that's getting clipped. <laughs>
1: I mean, like,
0: I, but honestly, like, I like that it's that something they haven't done since 2016, which was a year when six and six of the regular season was huge, was a huge success. Yeah. Well, they also did it last year. Um, I went six and five. <laughs> we talk about this all the time. 2020, I—that's not in my memory.
1: That to me, with it, the problem with that is twenty twenty like, doesn't count. I think eight and four with as much talent as they have or worse is pretty indefensible, to be honest. And I know that sounds dumb because we're talking about a one game difference. Where I'm like, I'd be totally happy with nine and three, and eight and four is indefensible. But that, but that well, is I, the big in perception. The big cutoff is eight and four, and nine and three, and it always has been. Like when you look at two teams and one is eight and four, nine and three, the nine and three team had a good year, and the yeah. eight and four team sucks. That's just the way it's perceived.
0: And that's again, if you're if you're losing four games and you look at the schedule, like you're those four games that you lost, you're not going to be. At least two of them, probably you're not going to be able to say like, oh yeah, that's okay, that's yeah. okay. They lost that game. The
1: one thing would be like if they go eight and four, like if they just have that, like a lot of things don't click, and they win their bowl, they'd still be nine and four, so you can still like try to salvage some of the we're building it back yeah. up. But six and four and nine and four back to back years ain't good. And if you lose the bowl and you're eight and five, that's that yeah, sucks. That is tough. That's just you're just a and that's the thing is if you get,
0: if you get to the point where you're in a bowl game at eight and four and like it doesn't really no one really cares you do run the risk of like i don't know maybe maybe big cat opts out maybe yeah. if dylan gabriel wants to go to the nfl maybe he's anybody who's that game. got draft yeah. prospects is gonna they're play not that playing that in an eight and a, game, a bowl game as an eight and 14
1: no so yeah that would not be great let's just hope that doesn't happen because like, i just can't see it happening but even if it does like it's not disastrous like it would it would just really really suck but yeah. like it's still Malzahn's still... first year. I don't think any of the guys in this recruiting class right now are flipping over that. They're probably just looking at it as I get to play even sooner. Yeah. I think Malzang still gets to sell his vision. It's just, it would be unfortunate because we basically, would, it would be a reality check of like, oh wow, UCF really fell more behind under Heipel than we'd realize. Yeah. And, it's gonna and that would, and that would, and suck. I think, and it would hurt, it would just really, it would really hurt their brand. You know
0: what I, I think it
1: wouldn't hurt? I don't, I still don't think it would hurt realignment. I don't think it would. I don't think I, it would. If the I... Big 12 adds teams, it's just, unless like, UCF, I mean, UCF. The last time that the Big Twelve almost added teams, UCF was coming off an O and twelve season and still was like heavily in the mix before the Big Twelve decided not
0: to add yeah. anybody, and probably would have been added. Yeah, that's the thing is I I do think that there's nothing that can happen. I guess I shouldn't say nothing because there are only assist deals and absolute like wins,
1: there but... are things like uh, like non-field things like I think yeah. if, like some horrible scandal. Right, struck right. right. UCF that's or that's something. what immediately
0: popped in my mind. I was yeah. like, well, yeah, that would probably affect stuff, but. I think in terms of like results on the field this year, I don't see how like anything damaged them big like enough for the in a future conferences to be like all right now. I still don't know how they lose four games because the either. thing is there are four losable games,
1: but. Yeah. But, like, but how rare they, is it yeah, to like, lose all lose, of your losable yeah. games? Especially
0: like, with the talent that you do have.
1: You're saying they'd come in what? They'd lose to Boise, then they'd go and lose at Louisville, then they'd lose at Cincinnati, then they'd lose at SMU. Like, it just feels so unlikely that they drop all those or games. they, they, they might they drop one, win one, or one or of two? those games
0: and lose to Memphis or something. Yeah, I it just... It, yeah, yeah. It's, I feel like it's very rare to lose all of your losable games, and I just don't see it happening. I don't know. I just... And, that's, and that's, the, that's a good place to be in, going into the season where you're like, I can't see them going worse than 8-4... and four. Like you gotta be I gotta forget about that. Especially coming off a year where you went six and four I might and super, I forgot every game they played. Yeah, I
1: might super regret saying this. I love how you just erased twenty twenty from your brand. It's not a real year. Like well, it is. <laughs> it's bad for a lot of people. Um like I, I just don't see them worse than nine and three. Yeah. I think nine and three I, I I think that in my mind there's a very razor thin edge they can live within. Like, I think they're gonna be nine-three or ten and two. I just feel like yeah.
0: one of those is gonna be their record. Yeah, no, I I still feel the same way. Or like I, nine I, and two when a hurricane wipes out a game, so we'll see. <laughs> We're really getting into that season too, where I guess there's a tropical storm headed. There's one right Florida, now, like right tropical now, storm so. Fred.
1: That reminded me, I was literally watching the news. I'm like, all right. like we have to worry about that. I have to don't worry we? about. There's not actually because the really bad, like we don't have any home games in the really bad stretch. So I think we do. Can we not okay. What's now, the really
0: bad stretch? I don't know much about hurricanes.
1: Like that set that like mid-September to October stretch is never good. Like, that's always when UCF's lost games. And UCF plays the bassoon-cookman game on September 11th and then isn't home again until October 9th. So
0: that should be... It should be good. I feel like the... We're we're playing home early enough in September where we shouldn't be affected, I would hope. The most in jeopardy game would be the East Carolina game, which, like, I don't really care if they lose the East Carolina game. Yeah, I just, just, in my mind, just had a nightmare scenario of, like, something wiping out the Boise State game. And, like, this game that I've been looking forward to for, like, I guess I would say two years now... It could happen. All of a sudden, like our opener ends up being the third cookman and we don't get to play the boys' thing. Yeah, just Pardon me will be okay with that. I d I don't want to I've
1: said before that I really don't like that we're starting a new era with a really big game. I like that Well I... so are they. And they're on the road. Yes, but they're also not coming off a trash year. And UCF is. What were they last year? Five and two.
0: It's not a great year. Especially well like, who it, did it, they lose to
1: they lost they got blown up by BYU because half their offense oh, was missing due BYU. to COVID and then they lost a close conference title game
0: yeah I mean so they, they obviously had a better year but yeah, I mean they're still starting they're still having to come to the bounce house I'm not, I've am i said before I think
1: UCF's gonna win that game yeah. I, I just I, I, I don't know I don't want it to get cancelled like I, no, I don't want any games to get cancelled but like if you know the other thing about the East Carolina is if that game gets cancelled East Carolina's not gonna be in the conference title um, if UCF doesn't make it they probably just tack that onto that weekend
0: yeah that's true and I guess, I guess we should say, too, and this will actually kind of move us into the, the news section of the podcast, but last week we talked about how Boise State's, their first, like, practice of the fall got canceled because of COVID. Last I've heard, like, they've been practicing and stuff, right?
1: Yeah, I think like, it wasn't so much canceled as they just had to hold guys out and do yeah, some contact tracing. So that's like, that's it was. I don't think, like, that game's in jeopardy or anything. It was just, yeah. it was just to me, another example of, like, please just get vaccinated. Yeah. <laughs> it's so like, we're, it's like all, like, the,
0: we're on the right track. They're practicing. It's not yep. like, I don't know. At the time, I was like, oh, no but I guess it didn't turn out to be. That game. game is going to happen. There's a solid 85% <laughs> chance. <laughs> that to... low, huh?
1: Well, I don't know, because we've got COVID and hurricanes. So it's like, which one's going to, you know.
0: Or both. A COVID hurricane. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it feels like. Uh, more football news. Uh, Dylan Gabriel was named to the Manning Award watch list. So that adds, uh, adds to his list of watch lists that he's on. He's on the Maxwell, the Davey O'Brien, and the Walter Camp as well. And, uh, another thing on Dylan Gabriel, um, pro football focus came out with their preseason all America teams, and he was mentioned as the honorable mention. Um, so they have him. I guess that would mean they'd have him as the fourth best quarterback in the country. Um, first team was Spencer Rattler of Oklahoma. Second team, I believe was Sam Howell at North Carolina and third team was Derek King at Miami. So
1: I'm not I'm fine with that. Yeah. I mean, I, I cannot argue with <laughs> There's of that. those guys where I can flat out say, yeah, Dylan Gabriel's better yeah. than any of those guys. So. And
0: I think it's a good thing too, though, like. He, I could see him having a better season than probably maybe the, next, the third number. I could see him having a better season than I, I feel like he has a better
1: shot of having a better season than Howell than he does of King. I feel like King's a little underrated right now.
0: He's very good. We'll see. I just don't trust Miami ever, so.
1: Well, I don't trust Miami, but I trust Eric King. I
0: mean, yeah, he, I think enough things can go he's round, gonna around. He's going to absolutely sling him. it as
1: they go 8-4, but <laughs> I, like, I don't know. A Sam Howell, to me, is a more interesting one. We'll see, because I didn't... I, I think North Carolina, like, lost all the running backs, and that was a big part of their loss. I, I know they lost two to the draft, cause I Yeah, I remember the
0: so. Bucks were looking at two of them, I think, or <laughs> people were looking at two of them for the Bucks, but yeah, should be interesting. That's just, these preseason things keep coming out, and I'm like, we're so close. I, like, I, for, I... Week th- zero is in, what, two weeks now, then, right? Because...
1: Yeah, we're 17 days from football right now. Wow. We're going to be 16 days when you're listening to this podcast. Um... I'd forgotten how it's, like, middle of the summer is actually easier for me than the last month. Like, the last month it just becomes, like, fever pitch where I'm just like, oh my god, it just needs to be the season. Like, every day is agony to me that we're not that the season.
0: I think I feel the opposite. I think the closer we get really? I'm like I'm like all right like we're we're there. No, I'm we're just right. so you know, there's str- so like, much like, to like read there's so much to digest in terms of like news like, and Like the coach's camp poll stuff. was <laughs>
1: like a hit of some incredibly addictive drug that lasted Then the high <laughs> lasted like 2 minutes and I'm like I need more like I need more like we need the AP the poll next week right? And it's going to be like a hit that lasts a minute and
0: I'm going to be like I need more. <laughs> well then by that point we're almost there. We're getting there. I know we're so close. Um so close. God, I want it. More watch list news. Jalen Robinson was named to the Campbell Award watch list which I didn't know this word award existed, or maybe I didn't know this award was, like, this is what it was for. It goes to the top offensive player in the country with Texas what? ties. What? Yeah. What? I don't... I didn't know that was a thing.
1: Oh, I would love for a UCF player to win that just for the Texas <laughs> tweets.
0: Um, and one more watch list thing that I'll skip down here, too, is uh, Alex Ward was named to the Manley Award watch list, which goes to the top long snapper in the country. I um, yeah, so that was one either, but yeah, to Alex Ward. I think I have heard of that one, just because people like to talk about the special teams awards a lot. <laughs> Um and I think last week was it um
1: The Andrew Manly Osteen, Award should
0: come with a scholarship. Andrew Osteen last week, I think was the he's on the watch list for uh best punter in the country. Really? So, yeah. UCS special teams is going to be great. Well, if we don't ask about the kicker. <laughs> um the twenty twenty two hula bowl is coming to the bounce house. That will be played on January fifteenth. That's a college football all star game that I just learned about. How did I not know about this? You didn't know about the hula bowl? I don't think I did. Oh okay. I was like I was like, "Is this a high school game? I mean, is this a high school or is it college?" But yeah, it's uh, so a Aloha Stadium in Hawaii, which I have heard of, uh, is undergoing renovations. So you mean condemned? Uh, sure. If you want to go that route, <laughs> it was um, condemned. <laughs> well, it's undergoing renovations. I'm trying to be nice because here because it was condemned. But don't worry about it. Um, so that that game's coming to UCF, and I mean, they're I mean, obviously they're excited about that. It's good for UCF's brand to have that game on their UCF on their Stadium. Hawaii, same thing, pretty much. At this point, pretty much. Um, and we mentioned him earlier, Jason Beattie of Knights nice 24-7, but he's soon to be of Orlando Sentinel. He broke the news this week that UCF has agreed to a stadium naming rights deal with 3MG Roofing to call the stadium 3MG Stadium. And people were not happy about this. Some people weren't happy about this. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty unhappy too, to be
1: honest. Like, it really bums me out that UCF's going to be getting $2 million more a year now. I mean, that's really a shame. I like I like when my school is poor. So, <laughs> I knew yeah, you were going the sarcasm route as
0: soon as you started talking. Real
1: shame that instead of just being called the Bounce House, which is worth $0.00 and 0 cents, UCF's going to get $20 million over 12 years. Awful. Hope they put that money to good use, you know. I mean, come on, man. <laughs> Who wants, like, renovations and facility upgrades when we can have the Bounce House name?
0: Which everybody's gonna call anyway.
1: Which was gonna call. Uh, do, do you? I don't remember ever being like, oh man, I'm so excited for Spectrum Stadium. Like it was just the bounce house. Yeah, me back, back
0: in the bounce house. Not oh, I'm gonna be back inside Spectrum Stadium or Bright House Network Stadium. But I
1: just not think like I don't remember being like fond of the Bright House name because it was just the bounce. At least Bright House and Bounce House were similar. I don't care. It's UCF getting money. Just get yeah, money. get the I money. Mean, yeah, get just, over it, guys. You'll, at some point, UCF needs to start getting out
0: things. Way more people like actually thought it was gonna be SpaceX Stadium. I think. I, yeah, I think that's part of it. I tweeted about that, too. It, <laughs> I don't yeah. know. Like, I never thought that was going to actually be a thing. I thought it would have been cool if it would have been a thing. Oh, no, be cool, like, but it was supposed to be a meme. Yeah, but it was. Yeah, it's not going to make any sense. Like, it's not actually going to happen. So, yeah, but that that was supposed to be uh, – I think it was supposed to be voted on by the board of trustees. Who needs um, national? Or approved by the board of trustees yeah, got delayed on today. Wednesday, but it got delayed. So yep. now I'm wondering when it's going to get delayed, too, because – I'm assuming, I'm assuming it's t- still going to be... tweeted it was
1: just like a scheduling contract. that yeah. wasn't like... A, yeah.
0: No, I, I know. That, it's like, are they going to be able to get that done like next week maybe? Yeah, because no, the they official
1: contract, get... the contract goes into effect the day before the Boise
0: game. Yeah. So they need to get on that, which I assume they will. I assume. But yeah, we'll see. We'll probably
1: Also, 3MG it. is like, I think one of the co-founders is a UCF alumni. I think so. Super UCF. I They're already it. an athletic sponsor. So yeah. I don't know why people are like, I don't
0: Whatever, man. I don't <laughs> have the energy. <laughs> Um, UCF is in the top five for Alabama cornerback Jarrell Stinson. He has UCF, Florida, Florida State, Ole Miss, and Penn State in his top five. Um, And UCF got a commitment. By the way, those
1: are some huge brands and also Ole Miss.
0: (laughs) Still Ole Miss is an SEC team. It's Ole Miss. Yeah, I mean, yeah. They've got Lane Kiffin. It's Ole Miss. (laughs) Um, UCF got a commitment this week from three-star linebacker Cam Moore, uh, not to be confused with Bam Moore, even though that is his brother. So.
1: Which I love because isn't Pam Moore's name actually Brandon Moore? Yeah. But then his brother's name rhymes with his nickname? His name,
0: so it's Brandon and Cameron.
1: Oh! And okay.
0: he goes by Bam. He went by Bam. And now he goes, I guess he just shortens Cameron to Cam. Okay, he's that's Cam short. And Brandon <laughs> was straight up like, I have a new name. Yeah. That's Bam. Cameron Moore. Cam Moore. Um, so that's cool. And then I think that could open the door. I forget. It's the, the two twins that he's like best friends The with, Henderson right? twins yeah. that
1: everybody wants. We shall see. There yeah. was rumors for a long time that they were like a package deal, so we shall see what happens.
0: Later. Yeah, and the thing I read, I think it was either yesterday or today, still seemed that like that seemed to still be the case, so... Would be a big get. We'll see. Lots of other Florida schools. Man. We we're will soon. see. Um, the preseason coaches poll, as we talked about a little bit earlier, was released on Tuesday. UCF received 29 votes, which was good for like 34th, if you want to go by votes. I this is you go to how go. Other notables um, around the conference and uh, the group of five. Cincinnati was ranked 10th, which just... UCF paved the way for that. You're welcome. Um, Louisiana was 23rd. Coastal Carolina was 24th. And then um, Boise State was 36th, just two places behind UCF. And SMU was 49th. Um, and Tulsa and Houston. I find it interesting, interesting Houston. over Tulsa and Houston. Oh, well, yeah, because UCF doesn't play them. So that's why I kind of skipped over them. Oh, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. all right. But Tulsa and Houston are ahead of SMU, which I simply just don't agree with.
1: It's just simply not going to be the way that plays out. But. Yeah. Also, Coastal Carolina is, um, I don't think they're
0: it's, it's so much of the preseason polls are just, oh, what happened last year? Louisiana will be. I think Louisiana will so. be really good. Don't, I think Coastal
1: Carolina just had one good year. And what,
0: well, Texas time, is, what, like 17, even though they shouldn't be? And and guess who
1: Texas plays in their first game? it's Louisiana? It's Louisiana. I forgot about that game. Texas that'd could be... absolutely lose to Louisiana. That would be yeah mm, That's going to be a fun one.
0: Final piece of football news as we wrap up here. Matthew Wright was waived by the Lions, unfortunately, this week. I kind of thought he was going to end up maybe being the starter there, but they signed a new kicker and waived Matthew Wright. That's fine because um,
1: it means that hopefully you Wright will be released. <laughs> we'll
0: Let's see if he has any eligibility left. Uh, three more notable things from around the kingdom uh, elsewhere. Women's soccer they led FAU two nil after thirty minutes in their exhibition on Sunday um, before the game was called due to inclement weather. Uh, Diana Martin had a brace in that game. They have another exhibition on Saturday at Miami before they open up the regular season next Thursday at uh, home at home against Texas, which is just weird to think that like. Yes, football is three weeks away, but, like, other, like, sports are starting, like, now.
1: I'm so excited, It
0: came up out of nowhere for me. (laughs) For some reason, I was just like, okay.
1: I'm a little sad because I was already thinking about, like, games we go to, and I remember you moving to Tampa. Oh. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it's it's
0: tough. Uh, Men's basketball, a couple pieces of news with them. Aubrey Dawkins is uh, in Vegas playing with the Washington Wizards in the NBA Summer League. And uh, two two games from UCF's um, upcoming schedule for 2021-2022... Those dates and uh, those were released as noticed by Eric Lopez um, because those teams released their schedules. And that will be uh, UCF playing at Miami on November 13th and at Auburn on December 1st. So two pretty big games there. there Um, And with that, we're getting out of here. We're really close to football. I'm really just, I can't wait. We're getting there.
1: Every day of every hour, or every hour of every day, I just I just <laughs> think about football. Yeah.
0: And uh, with that in mind, we'll be back next week with episode 31, which will be our UCF football season preview. Yeah, it is. Talking all things UCF football season We preview. will
1: break down the depth chart that will not be released.
0: It's going to be a blast. We'll just have to make up a depth chart for this, but... <laughs> Tune yeah, we'll in next be... <laughs> week, because Bailey and I make up UCF's depth chart. <laughs> we'll have a rough idea of who we think is going to be around, but... Wondering who's going yeah. to make it at
1: left tackle? Bailey
0: Adams. <laughs> not big enough for that. Um, we'll get we'll get back next week with that preview and until then you can find us on Twitter at Bailey J 22, at By C A Simmons and at Night Sports Now. Thank you guys so much for listening and we'll talk to you next week.
1: Bye everybody.